0: What is
1: going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday. We've got Dennis and Matt here with me. to discuss the the and Baltimore Ravens on the docket for today, probably with some Scott Fishbowl talk as well as I'm through more than like four rounds. Still the slowest draft right now. Uh, we are still only like nine rounds in, so... Yippee for us, but uh, we're rocking and rolling with that. Before we get in and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, two of my least favorite teams in all of the NFL, how you gentlemen doing today?
2: And isn't that something? It's a Monday. You get to talk about two of your least favorite teams, but with the two of your favorite analysts.
0: Wow. You know,
1: that, that doesn't make it any better. It really doesn't.
2: So I, I am up in the Scott Fistbowl, Jimmy Buffett division, with my last pick right now as we speak so i'm gonna make my i'm gonna make my pick here in a second i know who i'm taking i'm gonna take one of my guys uh a guy that i have high hopes for that i frequently compare to former eagles great harold carmichael yes that's right i'm old uh i'm gonna take uh the inimitable well i guess now he's Kind of a carbon copy of Harold Carmichael, so those, you don't find a lot of six foot eight wide receiver slash tight ends with four six four five speed there. So I'm going to draft Donald Parham with my 22nd pick. I feel like he's got an opportunity with the Chargers to be a real red zone threat. Um, I've got. Uh, I, I don't feel like he's he's going to be pretty deep on my team uh, at the top. I wish I could remember who I already drafted. At tight end, um, I don't have it up in front of me, so maybe I'll have to revisit this. Man, getting sucked, getting old sucks. Your memory goes, it really does. It really, really so, does. I'm gonna move on to Matt and I'll make my draft pick. I uh,
3: I finished my Scott Fishbowl draft, we finished um, yesterday, so my my team is all in the books. Uh, I feel okay about it, you know, I think that pick up Drew Locke in the 15th round is really going to make or break my squad.
2: I picked Drew Locke also.
3: He's my QB4. He's my QB4 also, yeah. I didn't take a huge huge risk. But I took some interesting flyers, probably. I was really happy with the way it started, and I feel okay about it. Yeah.
2: I like my team okay.
3: Uh, Where does it go here?
2: I have, I have quarterback. I went Aaron Rodgers. I believe he's going to play. I think he's going to be just fine. Backed him up. My QB2, Trevor Lawrence. I think he's got QB1 potential, even as a rookie. Then I took a flyer on Justin Fields. I thought, well, you know, maybe Nagy goes crazy and plays Dalton all year, but I don't think so. I think Fields just has the talent. But I did take Drew Locke on some crazy offhand chance that maybe Fields did not get the amount of playing time the second half of the season. So uh, My other tight ends, let's see. I went with Jonu Smith late, backed him up with Dan Arnold, another one of my guys from a couple years
3: ago. Well, he got so excited he froze. A tradition like no other.
2: Talking about – there we go. So nope. where, where did I freeze at? I'm not on froze yet. think Daniel yeah. Jones was what you were talking about? No, no Daniel Jones. Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. That yeah, Dan, there you go. Yeah.
3: yeah. So anyways. Yeah, I, so I obviously got Josh Allen as my first quarterback. I took uh, Derek Carr and then I have Ryan Fitzpatrick. I took Locke late in the draft. I scooped up Marcus Mariota just in case because we saw, you know, when Carr had to miss time. He was pretty good. Um, tight ends. I took George Kittle with my second round pick. I really wanted Waller, but uh, he went a little bit earlier. And then the eleventh round, I was able to get Logan Thomas. And then later in the fifteenth round, I got Hunter. Fourteenth round, I got Hunter Henry. Um, nice. So I feel pretty good. I I feel like all three of those have at least tight end one potential. Yeah. Um, you know, my top two running backs, I took Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift. Later got James Conner, Devin Singletary, and then I took Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson as two of my last three picks. Um I waited a while on receiver. I didn't take one until the sixth round. I got DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, Jalen Waddle, and then I took John Brown, Christian Kirk, and Paris Campbell and Van Jefferson as kind of like my I think all of them have potential upside, but are not guarantees.
2: Yeah, I didn't take a wide receiver till round seven, and uh, no, I did. I take that back. I did take CD Lamb in like round four, but then after that, everything else was late.
3: I was pretty happy with my wide receivers, considering I waited forever.
2: I ended up with IU and Pittman, Curtis Samuel, Jalen Rager, so I enjoyed my
1: team. Yeah, so that
3: probably has like five picks made. So,
1: no, we're so we're through 11. I miscalculated. We're through 11. We're still the slowest draft. I was pulling up that, so we're at 11-5 right now. Um, mine, I don't love my team. That's because I really like to build around running backs, and running backs and ours went really quick, like quarterbacks did. And I didn't want to reach for anybody, so I kind of just let them keep going it was like trying to take some wide like wide. like i got amari cooper in like the sixth round which i thought was pretty good value hurt my heart to draft him but i was like you know what you know based on what i think he's gonna do this year based on what he did last year in scott fishbowl so 10 like he was a top score one
3: side lamar jackson the other side throwing to amari cooper just put the tattoo of bridge across the chest Yeah,
1: that that is never gonna happen so i ended up with uh, my quarterbacks right now are Herbert. I had to get my guy Baker. I probably reached a little bit for him, but I got him. I got him in the sixth round, I think. Fifth round. Yeah, fifth, sixth turn was when I took Baker and Amari. So I uh, took Baker as my QB, two. A bunch of QBs flew off the board after that. I think the only ones available still now are Locke, Bridgewater, Wilson. No, Wilson just went. I'm sorry. Uh, Locke, Bridgewater, Winston, Taysom Hill, and there was somebody else left. So I'm debating on possibly not even getting three quarterbacks now because I don't really want to reach for any of those guys because Fields went like the fourth round at ours. So he went – him and Lance both went in the fourth round.
2: I took Fields uh-huh. at the seven ten, so –
1: Yeah, I mean, my goal was after I got Baker, I was like, okay, I'll wait a couple rounds and then – or he must have gone the same round as I went Baker because I was like, I'll wait a couple rounds and I'll grab Fields because I don't think anybody's going to grab Dalton and I can grab him much later just in case he doesn't start. And then, yeah, he went in that same round. I was like, well, I guess I'm not going Fields. And as soon as Fields went, Lance went. I was like – well, there go those two guys, and I didn't really feel comfortable taking Zach Wilson. He just went in the last round with Daniel Jones, so in round 10. My running backs are – I took Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson. Then I got James Robinson, and he was my 10th round pick. I felt like that's, that's just good, good value for Robinson mm-hmm. taking him. I think it was a tenth, 9th or 10th round. I was like, I mean, I still think he's going to have a role with Jacksonville. I don't think ETN going to get everything, and all the other running backs were going. It was between him and Zach Moss, and – just not that big on Zach Moss. So I was like, I think Robinson still got a better shot of, of producing. So I'm going to go with him. Then my wide receivers. Like, so I took Alan Robinson was my first. I think I took him in the fourth round. Uh, I backed that up with Amari Cooper, got Tyler Lockett fairly late as well, which I was pretty happy with happy with just because of how he's produced. And then my last one, so I took Mike, Michael Pittman, who you guys know I'm a fan of. Obviously, we're all big fans of Michael Pittman. Logan Thomas, finally, because he's, like, the last tight end on the board that I thought has, like, tight end one upside because everybody went in. Like, I really thought some of those guys would fall. They didn't. Uh, it went, it was, like, a huge run after I passed on tight end. I think it was, like, the eighth or ninth round I passed, and then a huge run of them went, so I just tried to grab Logan, grab Logan Thomas. I took Marquise Hollywood Brown. And I'm, I don't feel great about it. But I think the ups, with the upside, it's a deep enough format that it's not... I don't not, feel
3: like I even know you anymore. Amari Cooper, know, Marquise Brown. I'm not happy with well,
2: myself either. If we're being but, fair, Fox, you did the same thing last year. so.
3: Oh, I did the same. I have taken so many shares of Derek Carr this offseason. I'm pretty sure they're going to make me return all my Broncos jerseys.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I, well, I just looked at it and I was like, you know, with... Number one, I go, I'm going against everything I believe in, which probably means that this team is going to succeed because usually when I go in with what I want, my teams are horrible. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go against it. Now my team's going to be successful. But at the same time with as deep as this is like Brown's one of those guys, I like, I don't have to worry about, like, he's just going to, he's likely going to start in my last flex spot. So the games that he's great is probably going to help me win in the games that he sucks. I'm probably going to lose, but it is what it is. Like I, I know he's an upside shot, but I mean, the best wide receivers on the board were like Mike Williams and I thought about Darnell Mooney, but I just, I kept getting Mm -hmm. sniped on everybody. Like I wanted Keenan Allen instead of Allen Robinson. He went a pick ahead of me and I wanted Jarvis Landry or Odell. Both of those guys went a pick ahead of me. So I was trying to like double up my quarterback, my receivers. So the end of the day, I don't hate it, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't love it either. It's not, you know, it can't be worse than my uh, team last year. So.
3: I was reading, I can't remember who, You know, there one of the fantasy analysts. I wish I could remember on Twitter. Put you know, if you're not actually taking the players you're saying have potential this year, when you write articles, then you're a fraud. And since I mentioned that I thought John Brown had potential and that I thought Christian Kirk might have potential, I was like, I guess I better draft them and suffer the consequences.
2: But you draft them where you think that where you think their value is, if. you know, they're three rounds after their an ADP and you think they're a value, but you still don't draft them, then I think the case can be made that there's a little bit of fraudulent action going on. Well, Unless they're just somebody you, you like a lot better there.
3: So I took Brown in the 16th, Kirk in the 17th, and Paris Campbell in the 18th. Just I figured those were my receiver flyers.
2: Yeah. So you know who my guys were that I took that were like, well, I, I, I keep saying I like them. Brian Edwards, 16
3: 1603, and LaMichael P. Ryan at 1710. I still I, feel like Ryan- P Ryan at the end. I instead went for reasons known only to God, I decided to go with Joshua Kelly again. And immediately when I put it, because you know, I I don't know if you guys saw, but I did a running thread on Twitter of all my picks and why I picked them. Immediately after I posted that, one of our listeners um posted like i thought the coaches are out on him and i'm like well the coaches aren't the only ones but i took them anyway it was the 19th round or the 20th round so i'm
1: like yeah i'm there's two guys that i'm hoping I, i'm pretty sure none of the guys in my my league watch or listen to us so i i'm curious on um <clears throat> when did david johnson go for you guys because he's a guy that i'm seriously thinking about targeting him and philip Lindsay. And just trying to shore up what I think is going to be that backfield. Because he's just been sitting at the top of the queue for, like, the past, I don't even know. I was trying to see how to find out who was the highest or lowest on players, but I can't figure this side out. He went um, in
2: the 11, 11th round 12th pick in the Buffett division.
3: So, Phil, it looks like Philip Lindsay, the earliest, was 7.05. The latest was 20.01. Oh
2: I thought he was asking about David Johnson.
3: Yeah, he did. I was going to oh. look at. He asked about both. I thought, oh. so yeah. I'm going to look. David Johnson says earliest was seven eleven, latest was fourteen oh one. So you probably have to pay up for. I I'd honestly, at that ADP, probably rather have Philip Lindsay. Lindsay had fifteen oh four in the Buffett division.
2: Yeah, so four rounds. David months.
3: Johnson still has good, good
1: name value
3: people yeah. still think about that 2016 season and get excited
1: yeah i mean i'm I'm curious to see how the rest of this goes it's just been a very weird draft uh i mean i'm sure all of them have been you know everybody keeps talking about how each one is different uh it's just been weird seeing the way these drafts it's been like huge runs on certain positions like every time someone goes like two or three wide receivers and you see like a whole round of wide receivers going and just like depletes my queue. So it's been a very interesting draft. Though. I'm curious to see how the rest of my team shakes out. That's to make
3: uh, to make you feel better, though, Dennis, they were uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers' comments uh, over the weekend on the NFL radio this morning, and both of them said they're now 100% convinced. One, one of them was Charlie Weiss. I can't remember who the lady was. Uh, the 100% convinced that he's resigned himself to being in Green Bay this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if you just listen to his comments, it was pretty much he's like, "Oh, I'll make he said, my I'll decision.
3: figure it out in two weeks."
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, "I'll figure it out. I'll start working out and everything in two weeks." I'm like, he's coming back, and and I mean, I feel like we all kind of thought that to begin with. I mean, there wasn't really much that pointed to. We all know that he can be spiteful, but I really don't think he was going to sit out an entire season. I, I think he loves football way too much for that, but. All right, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They finished 12-4 in first place last year. They lost epically, 48-37 to the Browns in the wild card round. What a great game that was for the Cleveland Browns. Franchise changing, if I do say so myself. The key additions, though, we're here to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I apologize. The key additions, uh, they added uh, Trey Turner at guard and the great Kalen Balaj at running back. Their key losses, linebacker Bud Dupree goes to the Titans. Running back James Conner goes to the Cardinals tackle alejandro villanueva goes to the ravens and guard david DeCastro, who i believe is going this to retire yeah but yeah, I, I believe I because of the knee injuries so. no. he's probably going to retire i believe is what I, as austin was very upset about that one that news dropped uh, in our slack channel he was not not a fan not a fan at all in the first round they took Najee harris the running back out of alabama in the second round tight end pat fryer booth out of Penn State and then in the third round center Kendrick Green. The Steelers went 11 and 0 to start the 2020 season and faded down the stretch. The group is mostly intact with the additions of Harris and Fryermuth. What do we expect in 2021, Dennis? Well, I think the
2: Steelers' biggest issue in 2021 is still going to be Ben's arm. It, is it how back is it? You know, Ben has always been known for having a, a big arm, and last year, it just wasn't there. Uh, I don't know that I'm uh, really sold on it getting back to what it was. And they they drafted Najee Harris. You know, the, there's a lot of banging going on about the quality of the offensive line now, and some of that is, I suppose. A, a legitimate worry the rest of it is like i mean it isn't like they were the best offensive line in the league last year changing a few guys out might not be a bad thing for that line DeCastro castro was injured you know villanueva has been spotty lately he's i think he's okay he's going to step into a role in uh in baltimore but i i would like to see uh once that line starts to gel a little bit, you know, what's going to happen with them? And I think Harris is going to, they're going to, they're going to go back to uh, a little more of the Steeler football and they're going to hammer it with Najee Harris. He's, he's probably, uh, he's probably their best running back in, in a, in a, a number of years. I think he comes in with more cachet than Love Bell even when Bell was drafted. So uh, I, I got him uh, as, as my, uh, oh, let me get up here to the top of my list. Uh, I've, got, I've got Harris in PPR right now at RB12 for redraft. Um, I'm going to move him up to RB10. Uh, I've got some dynasty rankings coming out. Uh, I'm probably moving him up at least to 11. In standard, I have him at 11 right now, Uh, but I think he's going to move up to to probably 10 uh, for the for for the redraft this year. Um, You know, the wide receivers—they're all quality wide receivers. It's going to come down to what's the volume going to be. I don't think there's—I think it's going to be a challenging season to own a Steelers tight end. Uh, I think Friermuth is going to come on a little bit. And he's going to push Ebron, but with the improved running game and those top three, even Washington included, top four wide receivers, there's a lot of competition for targets. So it, it might not be the year to own a Pittsburgh tight end. I think uh, if you're in Dynasty picking up Friermuth, letting him sit on your taxi squad this year, then letting Juju go go hit free agency next year. Uh, next, it might be uh, next year. Might be Friar Moose breakout year.
3: Yeah, I think for me, twenty twenty one really is going to go how the offensive line can go. Um, I, I think it's underselling it a bit to say there are questions. There are a lot of people that have concerns about their line. They lost uh, their their great veteran center. Mar- uh, I think it was Marquise Pouncey retired. Um, you know, you have DeCastro. Uh, gone, Villanueva gone. They have a lot of turnover. They they got some some draft picks, some signing, but you know, I don't know how exactly that's going to come together. And if it does come together, I agree with you. I like Najee Harris. You think about a Pittsburgh Steelers team, you pretty much think about a power rushing in the trenches kind of team last year, they only ran for 1,351 yards and that's including rushing performances from receivers and other players on the roster and 12 touchdowns. They got outrushed by more than 400 yards last year uh, throughout the season. That, that isn't what you expect from the Steelers. And because of that, I think they really need that probably to save Ben, Um, To save the kind of collapse we saw down the stretch, they started out really hot, but as the season went on, even when they were winning games to get to 11 and 0, they didn't look great. So I don't think anyone was shocked that they ended up one and four in December. And then that really carried into the playoffs where they got, they got pounded. I think they need more balance and they need that line to hold up and they need their defense to hold up.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as worried about the defense. I think the defense is going to be just fine. Getting some of those guys back from injury, obviously, you lose a guy like Bud Dupree, that's not easy to, to bounce back from. He was one of the key figures in that defense. But I don't remember who stepped up for them last year. But just following as many Steelers people as I do, it seems to be like more – I seem to know more Steelers people in the industry than I do anybody else. They they all li- uh, loved whoever the guy was that stepped up last Blaine, year.
2: Robert yeah. Blaine.
1: He played pretty good for them. I mean, obviously, is really good. I still will always have a soft spot in my heart for Hayden. I thought he was one of my favorite players with with the Browns when they drafted him out of Florida. So uh, I think their defense is going to be fine, but I'm definitely with you guys. The big questions for me, it's going to be Ben and that offensive line because they have talent all over the field. I agree with what Dennis was saying. I don't think Friarmouth is going to be a big part of the offense this year. Moving forward, though, I think he could be – a huge piece of that offense now who the quarterback's going to be and everything moving forward. I have no idea. I, I, even if Ben's back next year, I don't think he's got more than a handful of years left. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to be uh, in the league for another, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. The one thing I would say might be a good thing for his arm. And, you know, we talked about this all last season, Matt, during the season, I I brought up all time as a big, as a baseball fan as I am, I've watched what it's like for these pitchers to come back from having Tommy John surgery. And usually when a pitcher gets Tommy John surgery, they're out for at least a year before they even start rehab. Ben got Tommy John surgery and was back within a year. I wonder how much of that may affected his arm last year. Now you are talking about another year removed. He's had time to rest it, probably build it back up a little bit because you're definitely going to lose strength in that arm. I mean, he went, I don't remember how long it was, but it was easily six, seven months of him not throwing. And then remember they, they started talking about him throwing like the Nerf balls and everybody was kind of making fun of him when that first video came out last year. So I think he possibly could have his arm strength built back up, but I definitely think it'd be good for them and that offense to kind of go back to running the ball even a little bit. I know, There was a lot of talk and that's why they let go of uh, – I know he was close with Ben Roethlisberger and I can't remember what his name was uh, – their offensive coordinator, though, last year, uh, he was like Big Ben's guy, and and that's why they threw it so much. I think that's why they drafted Najee. They're going to rely on him a little bit more in the running game. He can catch as well. Very good receiver out of the backfield. So, all in all, I think the offense is going to be very intriguing. I don't think they're going away. Um, I, I would say, in my opinion, it feels weird saying this because – of how much I I do love the Browns. I feel like the Ravens are still probably the class of the division, and then it's the, you know, who's going to be fighting. I I still think Pittsburgh and Cleveland could take that top spot, but I think Baltimore is sitting just ahead of both of those teams. And in my opinion, if I had to pick one, I'd say I'd give Cleveland the slight edge just because I don't have as many questions about that team as Pittsburgh. But they're right there. They're not going away. I have no doubt that Big Ben's not coming back to, you know, just kind of – ride off into it and hope that the team's going to carry him to a Super Bowl. I I believe if he's coming back, he thinks he's going to be able to play.
3: And uh, Randy Fickner was the offensive coordinator they let go last year. And it will be interesting to see, you know, Ben's three career highest pass attempt seasons have all come in the last four years. Um, Probably not what Tomlin's looking for either. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I imagine that they're going to be again bringing in a guy like Naji, even with a bad offensive line. I think he's still going to be able to produce. I mean, don't get me wrong, Bama consistently has, if you want to say at worst, a top five offensive line in college. So I don't think he's ever ran behind a bad offensive line. But Pittsburgh usually gets this figured out. I don't remember they don't have. Um, was it Musgrave? Right? It was it he went to he went to Denver, didn't he? he the, the, the offensive line coach. coach. Oh, no, no, the old Munchak, offensive line Mike Munchak, Munchak, Munchak he, that's right.
3: He he is in Denver. He's yes. in
1: Denver because I, I think him him and Callahan, who I know is in Cleveland, are like widely considered the best offensive line coaches. And so that will be something interesting because I do think the offensive line wasn't as good last year. Now maybe it was because some of the injuries, but how much of that was because of – is it Champ, right? Because I, I, I say Champ and I feel like – Munchak. Munchak. It's Mike Munchak. Go, Munch- Muschamp is a college coach. That's what I was like. That really sounds like a college coach to me. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll be interested. The offensive line could be, could be key for the Steelers uh, this season. <clears throat> All right. Fantasy finishes and projections. So Ben returned fairly strong from injury in 2020. What do we expect in 2021? And, as they wind it, or yeah, as they wind it, wind it back. Ben Roethlisberger finishes QB fourteen last year, three thousand eight hundred and three passing yards with thirty three touchdowns, ten interceptions, and a whopping eleven rushing yards.
3: man you would love that stat.
1: I did. That is a great stat. Eleven rushing yards. What are your thoughts on on Big Ben running it back?
3: Just to you know, further. Well, he isn't running it, it back very far. That's for It next was street. eleven rushing yards on twenty five rushing attempts. So. I wish you to
1: put the 25 part in there just so I could just add
3: that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I, th- I thought I'd look it up for you. I was pretty sure it was less than a yard in, in the attempt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's less than half a yard in attempt. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think they're going to try to run it more and have more balance. For as much as we talked about them being this huge passing offense, and he threw it 608 times, he didn't have an incredible statistical season. Didn't even make 4,000 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if touchdowns come back a little bit, maybe more like the 27, 28 range yardage, you know, probably stays somewhat similar, maybe 36, 37. I think they're going to try to run the ball more. Um, He did pretty well, actually not turning it over a lot last year, which was what crippled them in the playoffs. So if he can keep that up, I think that's going to be good. That being said, he was a quarterback too last year. Uh, I have him as a low end quarterback too um, this year. I just think it's, uh, you know, a matter of he probably pulls the stats back a little bit. Hopefully they run more. I thought he was fading a little bit at the end. Maybe Matt's right that the rest will help. But I, I, I have him right now at twenty two.
2: Yeah, I, I have him at QB twenty one, you know six six hundred and eight passing attempts last year, and oh, let me see what their the team rushing attempts for the Steelers was four completions, uh, three hundred and seventy three rushing attempts. I feel like they're gonna wanna switch that dynamic a lot this year. So, he's probably going to drop somewhere below 550 if I had to guess. Um, and so, any any yardage he might make up for, I think he's going to lose. So, he's going to lose uh, because of fewer attempts. So, wide, uh, QB 21, you know, I think as he's getting older and starts to lose a little bit of. Uh, Confidence in that arm as he's building his way back. You know, you can talk a good game, and veterans do. But, you know, I think we saw, you know, Dennis Quaid's character in any given Sunday after taking so many hits while well, he was going into it and feeling good when the bullets start flying. And I think as Ben works his way back and after last season, not having the zip on the ball that he used to have. Well, he may have a little bit more. I think he he could uh, early on end up committing a few more turnovers because he doesn't have what he historically had when it comes to uh, strength getting the ball downfield. So I, I you know, if I have to, uh, if I'm desperate, uh, and I want, I need, I, I'm making a run, and I've gotten a super flex league and I've suffered some severe damage to my QB 2 I could see maybe trying to make a play for Ben on the cheap. I feel like this year is probably going to be his last year. Um, I think they're going to make the decision to move on. And, and, you know, it is what it is. He's had a great career. So, you know, the players, by and large, the player is the last to know.
1: Uh, Yes, Manny, so we have done the whole NFL. We've been handling two teams, technically four teams a week, a division a week, practically. Today we are doing the... uh the Steelers and the Ravens because they finished as a top two in the AFC North. And then on Thursday, we will talk about the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. So we've gone through, if you're looking at this, obviously, um, obviously the YouTube channel. I don't know why I said, if you're looking at this on YouTube, I can see the YouTube icon there. So uh, if you, you can scroll through and find all of our videos, we we've got all of them. We've literally done, this is the last, uh, last division we're doing where this is the last before we go into our uh, season long projections and everything. So we we are done. We're about to get to your to your Baltimore Ravens. So we will that'll be here in just a minute. I um it's hard for me to decide what I think is going to happen with Big Ben. And it sucks that we you know we're gonna do our QB projections here in like a week because I really want to see what he looks like in the preseason or some of the camps because I do think that he could easily bounce back or be right around QB 14. If we just know that he can throw the ball deep, and we heard about it all toward the back half of the season, that defenses were keying in on him just throwing the short ball. He he wasn't going that deep. And even when he was, he was not completing those passes. And if he did get some of his arm strength back and he's able to go down the field, it makes it a little bit harder on the defenses. If they're able to get that running game going with Najee Harris, it makes it harder on the defense. So I do think – that big Ben could bounce back, you know, like Dennis, I agree with you. He's not going to be, I I think he's got probably two to three years left, give or take. And a lot of that will depend on what we see from him. If he comes back back out again this year and he looks just the same as it did last year, I think he's got like maybe one or two. I don't think. I was
3: almost surprised he came back this year. I feel like he was on the fence about whether, he was coming back, He's and it was just the, the humiliation right the of how they lost in the playoffs. I mean, it
1: was absolutely an ass-beating and embarrassing, and I was here for every second of it. But I, also I know, think I had
3: to mute you on Twitter that night. I,
1: well, was that really that bad? No. It was such a great night. Um, no, I think uh, – but I also think that could put a fire in them as well, right? Like, they've never lost to the Browns like that. I think – the one other time before the week prior where Big Ben didn't even start, the other time Big Ben lost to him, I don't think it. I'm almost positive it was only by like a touchdown, if I'm remembering correctly. Outside of that, he's pretty much beat Cleveland every single time he's played but him. So
3: they should be used to embarrassing playoff losses. I mean, let's let's not forget this Ben Roethlisberger team lost to Tim Tebow in a playoff game.
1: Yeah, but that wasn't like the Browns game. I mean, that was Tim Tebow, but like. The one beautiful throw he made in his career to it was to Demaryius Thomas, right? Yes,
3: to Demaryius Thomas. Yeah,
1: like in overtime. I mean, that game was over from the get-go. If the Browns' defense wasn't as horrible as it was, that wouldn't even have been a contest the way it ended up being. So, well, we don't talk about the Browns. We got that it for Thursday. Was it
2: a beautiful throw, though?
1: I mean, yeah, I think so. It, yeah, it was a throw. Nah, it was beautiful. Tim had a Tim had a couple couple live bullets in there. When
3: they do that uh, tight end, you know, tight end halfback pass in Jacksonville this year, you'll see a few more. <laughs>
1: uh, he's not going to make All right. So Najee Harris was great at Alabama and was the top RB taken in the draft. Matt, what should we expect in his rookie season?
3: I'm with Dennis. I think he's going to be good. Um, I think, Dennis, you said you had him at 11. I'm trying to see. I currently have him sitting at uh, 14. Um, there are a lot of guys I like at running back, and I think there's potential that the Steelers line isn't incredible. I still think he's going to have a great rookie season. I think he's going to run really hard. I think it was, it was a great pick. Um, it was a good pick. The right player going to the right situation. I think he'll he'll fit in well there, uh, and I'm expecting good things. I took him. I mean, you guys, I think are in the super flex league where, Lord knows, I need a quarterback, and I still took Nash Harris. <laughs> you know, Harris is. You
2: know, I, I'm looking at my rankings, and it's I've I've got him at twelve. Acres is at eleven. And I'm starting to think that Akers, well, he's gonna be have a really good year. I think he might I, I, I think we're discounting uh, Henderson a little bit. I'm not. And I, I think that Stafford is, you know, if he's nothing else, he is a thrower of the football. So I think Akers is gonna have a good year, but I think I'm gonna ease Harris up in front of him. Then it's Nick Chubb at ten, and, and I don't think I can I don't think I can move Najee over Chubb yet. Uh, I'm getting there. I think if I think they're going to get equal rushing volume, then I think Harris is going to go in front of Chubb because Harris is going to get more passing volume to make up for it. Yeah. Uh, then it's Aaron Jones, and I just think Jones gets a ton of work. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I uh, Naji Harris, man. You, you when you say man? right team, right player to the right team to the right scheme. All I gotta say is that Mike Tomlin is is no uh, Urban Meyer when it comes yeah. to
3: drafting running backs. He hasn't had Najee Harris out there playing slot receiver this off season either.
1: No, he has not. Um, it's it's so funny seeing where we are now with Najee Harris too, because. There was a few people, Jared Wackerly, Ray Garvin, and myself, who were talking about Najee Harris as the best running back in college football last year. Why everybody else was saying early, obviously a lot of people came around to it toward the end, but everybody else was all about it's Travis Etienne It's not even close. And and Najee, I agree with everything you guys saying. He's I've been trying to find reasons to move him back in the rankings. I have him at ten. I don't care how bad the offensive line is projected to be, and I don't think that they're going to be that good. I'm fairly certain they're going to be, like, one of the ten worst offensive lines in in the NFL this year. But because of what Najee can do, running the ball, his vision, just his overall game, he's going to be very good. Uh, You know, I've got him ahead of Akers already. The two closest I have to him in my rankings right now are Antonio Gibson and DeAndre Swift. I can possibly see the argument for moving Gibson ahead of him because I do think Washington is going to be a very good team as well. But I also think he has a little bit more competition in that backfield than Najee does. I don't believe in Benny Snell. I don't believe in uh, Kalen Balazs. I don't believe in who is the other guy. Jalen like
3: Samuels. They have yeah, Samuel, I mean, Jalen
1: Samuels has had like three years to prove something has done nothing. So – I think they drafted, excuse me, I think they drafted Najee because they have no faith in anybody else in that room, and they're going to ride him his entire rookie contract a la a Jerome Bettis, Le'Veon Bell, because I think you can put him in that category. I know that's crazy to say because Jerome Bettis is a Hall of Famer, but I'm talking about When Jerome Bennis first started, when Le'Veon Bell first started and we saw how special that they could be, I think you can already put Najee into that category. He is going to be a very, very good running back. Not only do they have a very good running back in Najee Harris, they have a ton of very good wide receivers. Last year, the Steelers had three wide receivers in the top 25. Does it happen again this year? And Who finishes higher in 2021, Dennis? Juju Smith-Schuster was that this year in uh, him finishing as wide receiver 16 with 97 receptions, 831 yards, and nine touchdowns. Deontay Johnson, uh, was third. I'm guessing Chase Claypool got his number cut off here, but he's got a one in front of it. So I'm gonna let's just go with I mean, like, 19.
3: Wide, oh receiver, no, he, was 20, he was uh, I screwed that up. I think he was 23. Okay.
1: <laughs> so Juju. Or, I'm sorry, Deontay came in second with wide, as wide receiver 21, 88 receptions, 923 yards, and seven touchdowns. And then Claypool came in as wide receiver 23, 62 receptions, 873 yards, and nine touchdowns. How does that order go for you, Dennis, in 2021?
2: I have it uh, Deontay Johnson coming in at wide receiver 18, um, Juju Smith Schuster at 26, and Claypool at 33. Claypool is the the bigger downfield threat. I think all three of them have some ability in that area, but Claypool is the bigger downfield threat. Uh, And so he drops because of Ben's issues with his arm. uh, Maybe the offensive line not giving him enough time. So I think Claypool suffers some there. I I do think I don't want to say they're phasing Juju out, but they weren't they weren't going to take juju back unless he came back cheap uh which he did uh and so it's deontay johnson um you know i know there's a lot of talk about johnson's drops um you know but he also caught an awful lot of passes too it just a couple of the drops just seemed to occur at egregious times and so then we hang our hat on oh the drops the drops and drops um you know, at 18, 26, and thirty-three. You know what I what what I'm preparing for is people to go. Well, if you have the receivers up so far, why is Ben twenty-one? At which I will say, where did Teddy Bridgewater finish last year with three top twenty-five wide receivers? So
3: nineteen, yeah. So just just
2: relax a little bit. Um, it, it, it's it's very plausible. Um, but I like – I'm still a Deontay Johnson guy. I think he's going to be the top receiver there for the next couple of years. Uh, Juju will be gone after next year. And uh, Claypool will do what he does. I missed on Claypool. Claypool I, I did not like him coming out of college. I didn't think – uh I thought he was
3: going to be a tight end. I think we all talked about him being potentially a tight end.
2: And, and I, I just – You know, he's another one of those guys like DK Metcalf that doesn't have great change of direction. And I think as coaches get smarter, things like that start to not matter. Um, You know, DK's change of direction didn't matter in Seattle. And Claypool's change of direction isn't going to matter here once they get uh, adequate protection and a quarterback that can throw a a 35-yard pass.
3: Yeah, so I I have them all three bunched uh, tightly together um, again, but I have them all three a little bit lower. As I said, I'm lower on Ben. I also think that we're going to see running backs catching the ball be a bigger factor than it was last year. I think Harris is going to get some receptions. I think they are going to use both their tight ends. So I actually have all three of them bunched in the wide receiver three uh category i have juju as my highest currently 25 johnson at 28 and claypool at 34. um i you know i agree with you i think claypool is more of the deep shot guy and that may be less of what they're doing you know he was buoyed a lot last year he had at least one game where he had four touchdowns i think he had another game where he had three touchdowns i don't know if we have those kind of monster games um Juju wanted to be back. Ben wanted him back. I think they have a better chemistry together than he has with with Johnson at times. I think Juju runs safer routes um, that Ben's going to connect with, and I just think he'll probably still end up as their best receiver. I don't disagree with you that he's going to move on at some point, um, probably after next year. I'm not as sold as you guys that Ben plays more than one year.
1: I mean, I think Juju came back because he wants to stay with Pittsburgh. You know, we talked a little bit a little bit about it when he signed the contract. Pittsburgh's cap goes up massively next season where they could re-sign him. And it made sense for him to kind of, Hey, I'm going to come back on a one-year deal, you know, spurn, which I mean, I I know Austin talked about this is a big Steelers fan. He is. He's, he's going to be like a folklore hero for them forever because he spurned not only the chiefs, but the Baltimore Ravens as well to come back to Pittsburgh. So granted, none of us wanted to see no offense to Manny and Jerry, who are both Ravens fans in here. Uh, Nobody wanted to see him go to Baltimore, just because of all the other wide receivers and everything they have there. But I, I, so I'm with you guys. I thought maybe someone would go the opposite way. Although Matt, it looks like he's higher on Juju. Uh, obviously, on Debbie debate, all three of us, me, Felix, and Austin, like a different player. I'm on Deontay. Uh, Felix, I believe, likes Claypool, and then Austin is really big on Juju.
3: Yes, Besides- Austin's a smart man.
1: You know, some people do say that. I disagree with that statement, but it is what it is. He's not going to listen to this anyways. Uh, I think, uh, you know, for Comments me – Deont- all the he time. I know, he does. Uh, uh, with, with me Deontay, the big thing, you know, Dennis, you mentioned he had all the drops. But he also had a lot of catches, and they also kept going to him a ton even after all the drops. And I think that goes to because Big Ben trusted him as well. You know, he did get pulled, I think it was in week four, 15, 14. It was a playoff game for fantasy. He got pulled in, like, the first half because of the drops, but then he goes back out there. Didn't do much, unfortunately, the second half, but I think Deontay is going to stay up there. He is my highest rank right now. Uh, I had him.
3: He did have the most targets by a fair
1: number. 144 to
3: 128 for Juju.
1: So I I am lower on all three of them as well. I do not have all three of them being in the top 24. In fact, the only one I have in the top 24 is Deontay. I have him at 22. And then right now, because I am, I just I can't separate them. I have I have Juju and Claypool together. I have them at thirty three and thirty four right now. So I, I just I think that because of what we talked about earlier with them running the ball more with Najee and everything, it's going to have this whole offense take a little bit of a step back. Just because I believe in Deontay and what he did in the red zone as well last year, he was always able to create separation. And in the amount of targets he got last year, I imagine he still gets that. So he is my number one uh, wide receiver on this team this year and the only one to finish in the top 24. Ebron was a strong tight end 14 in 2020, but now Friar is there. What should we expect from the tight end position, Dennis? Ebron finished your guy, your guy, Eric Ebron, tight end fourteen. 56 receptions, 558 yards, and five touchdowns.
2: I think, you know, Ebron, man, he's had his time. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's going to be the starter. I expect him to be the starter all year. Uh, I, I think it's going to be, uh, w- with Harris coming in, I think the running back is going to siphon off some of the uh, tight end targets you still got your big three at wide receiver. Uh, you know, it's it's a season where when Friar Muth isn't playing this year in Dynasty, go out and see what you can, can do to try and acquire him. Uh, Ebron isn't around long. He's getting up there in years. Uh, given the uh, stones he carries around at the end of his arms, I'm surprised he's lasted this long in the league. Um, I have Ebron at 23 and Friarmuth at 41. Uh, I, I think those are reasonable numbers. Friarmuth will siphon off some of Ebron's targets, uh, and Harris is going to siphon off some of them, but he's still going to get enough volume to be a viable tight end, too. Uh, so in two tight end leagues, he's going to be startable. Um, in One tight end leagues or even tight end premium leagues, I don't think he's going to get the volume on a consistent basis to warrant starting for anything other than a bye week.
3: Yeah, I mean, he did a lot of his damage by getting 91 targets last year. I, I think that comes way down. I think, um, you know, he split time with Vance McDonald last year. McDonald only saw 20 targets. I see a little bit more of an evening out between him and Friar Muth. I have Ebron as tight end 26 right now. I don't think he finishes in the top 24. Um, I think that, you know, they're going to throw it a little bit less. The receivers and Harris are more of the focus. Um, I think Ebron's probably best season with Pittsburgh was last year.
1: I agree. And I actually would not be surprised if we see less of Ebron than some think because of how good of a run blocker Pat Fryermuth is. He was the most complete tight end in this draft class, in my opinion. And with the way we've been talking about them running the ball more, I would not be surprised if we don't see Pat Fryer out there more often than we think right now. If that's the case, I would not be surprised if Ebron produces even less because he's going to be out there on run plays, which means just less time for Ebron to be out there in case – they end up not running the ball with Najee. All right, on to the Baltimore Ravens, who finished 11-5 and in second place last year. They lost 17-3 to the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round. Their key additions, they brought over wide receiver Sammy Watkins, Alejandro Villanueva, the tackle, Uh, Juwan James the tackle Kevin Zeitler the guard Key losses Orlando Brown The tackle was traded to the Chiefs Willie Steed wide receiver goes to the Raiders Yannick Ngakwe the defensive end goes to the Raiders Mark Ingram running back to the Texans And Matthew Judon the linebacker To the Dolphins in the first round They took Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota Wide receiver First round uh, in their last pick they took uh, O'Day O'Day The linebacker couldn't, sorry, but Ravens fans, I have no idea. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know who that is. Ben Cleveland,
2: Jason Alway from Penn State.
1: The at Penn State, he went by Jason. Ah, gosh. Gotcha. Well, I wish you know. Good for Jason. That that'd have been a much easier name to say. Ben Cleveland, the guard in the third, and Brandon Stevens, the cornerback in the third as well. The AFC North is fiercely competitive. Can the Ravens keep up, Matt? And what will we see from their passing game this year?
3: I think they'll keep up. You know, I like I like the Ravens a little bit more in twenty twenty one than the Steelers. Um, if I'm being honest, I, I'm not sure. I totally trust the Steelers. I think we all have been waiting for Lamar Jackson to be more of a volume passer. They've definitely gotten him a good set of weapons. I like the pick of Bateman uh, bringing in Sammy Watkins. He gets a veteran. They still have Mark Andrews, who's great. Marquise Brown finally saw hundred targets last year. They have good running backs. They added a lot of good pieces on the line. They still had some good pieces. I would like to see him take a step up as a passer, but, I think it's more us in the community that worry about him as a passer. It seems like the Ravens have been pretty successful doing what they're doing with him running. I don't know how long his career can be if he takes the kind of hits that he has to take, uh, not only as a quarterback, but as a quarterback that's running for a 1,000 yards a season. But that certainly has been successful for them. I still think they're – a strong playoff competitive, you know, strong strong position to compete for a playoff berth.
2: Yeah, I, I think the Ravens are what we thought they are, to quote Denny, Denny Green. Is Lamar going to pass more this season? I, I feel like they've put the tools in place. At, you know, when somebody tells you who, who they are, you got to believe them. And the Ravens are a running team, they also want to pass more. So they've invested in in the offensive line, and they've invested in their receiving core, bringing in uh, Terrace Marshall and Rashad Bateman, uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, We know Mark Andrews is a stud. And Hollywood Brown is starting to come around. Brown's going into, what, his third year now? After 100 targets last season, I think he's a shoe in for 120, 125 targets, especially with the... Uh, extra game so where where on at, at a 16 game basis where would i project the attempts Four oh i you know i i think they're going to go up if they go up 10 percent, then it's what 450 460 uh so i think somewhere around the If it was a 16-game season still, I think this would be the season where Lamar gets up around 460. So he's going to add just a couple attempts more per game, two, three. Uh, He'll have a couple games where maybe he's eight or nine passes above what he normally does and a couple games where, you know, they're running all over teams. Uh, I'm talking about you, Houston. Um, But... He's got to improve on his 63% completion rate from last season. Um, His quarterback rating, uh, 95.7, is just kind of middle of the road. So he has to improve on some of those passing efficiency metrics. And I don't know if Sammy Watkins is the guy to help him do that. No, he's not. You know, it, it may be for one game. You know, let's everybody start Sammy Watkins week one, you know, get it out of the way. Uh, But I I like Jackson, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, they're going to run him. He's he's it wouldn't surprise me if he gets over a thousand yards, but it's because of the six seventeen 17 game season. So he just creeps over it. Uh, So his per game average drops a little bit. So I think they're going to continue to do that, especially with the running game they have with J.K. Dobbins and and Gus Edwards. you know, they, they've got a, a good running rushing attack without Lamar and a great one with him. So I, I expect a few more pass attempts, a few less uh, r- rushing attempts, uh, but still a uh, uh, QB1 season, mid-QB1.
3: I don't know if I think 64% completion is that bad for an NFL. Team.
1: It's not horrible. Like here. we've to see seen it.
3: some guys that are much lower
1: than that yeah you you'd like to see it higher though i mean well, it doesn't sound it like the, a lot it was the go
2: seventh ahead. lowest last
1: season yeah so that's the thing like it I, doesn't I, I, sound too. like it doesn't sound like a lot but when you go from like 63 to like 68 right like it's only five percent but that five percent is a lot of passes and everything that goes into it it, it is a big deal and like I know we have some Ravens fans in here, and I, I don't mean to upset anybody, but he's just not a good passer. He's just not. He,
2: well, he is not. I think I, I misspoke. 63.3% was the team passing completion percentage. 644 was
1: Lamar's. So, Lamar, so. Chris McSorley was really bad. <laughs> he's not horrible, though, either. He's not as bad as people give him credit for. He's just not – he hasn't progressed every like that first year to second year. He took a massive jump. In my opinion, he looked much better passing the ball. He did that first year to second year. But he hasn't taken the next jump. And that's what worries me. He he's dynamic was he's the best athlete on the field with his legs. He is as much as I hate it as a Browns fan. Whenever he starts running, it's it's much like we're gonna talk about or you know with tonight. With Shohei Otani, is much-watched TV. Like, when Lamar Jackson is playing, he's much-watched because of what he could do with his legs. But when it comes down to, you know, I, I don't disagree with you, Jerry. The Ravens did lead the league in drops. When you're not necessarily putting the ball right in the chest of somebody for your wide receivers, like, everyone brings up the uh, the uh, the game uh, with uh, the Browns. Uh, I think it was, was it a Sunday night game or Thursday night game? They ended Sunday up coming the the you know the cramping game we'll call it that uh everyone gives mark andrews crap that he dropped on that wide open pass lamar could have thrown a much easier pass for him to catch now granted yeah i guess if you want to put that on mark andrews you can but i'm gonna go ahead and say that you know the top quarterbacks in the league put that on mark andrews for him to catch it and then run into the end zone they don't throw it over it so Lamar is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I, I was one of the people talking about how I did not think he was going to have quite as good a year last year. I was down on him fantasy-wise, not not NFL-wise, but fantasy-wise. That ended up coming true. This year I am back in on him. I do think that he has another good year. I do expect him to be back in the top five. Like I said earlier, I think the Ravens are still the class of the division. They are the ones that, you you know, Dennis, you, you quoted Denny Green. You know, I, I'm crowning them right now. They have not been beat they deserve to to wear the crown of the AFC North and I I expect them to be the top team I don't expect it to be Pittsburgh this year but I still think Lamar needs to improve here and there he's still going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you know I, I don't like to compare him to Mike Vick like a lot of other people do but I do think that there is some it was Monday night thank you Jerry Monday night game uh I do think that the throwing issues in both of their games is is going to be a key factor for Lamar. And if he cannot continue to improve that, do I think that they win a Super Bowl? I do, because their team is just so good. And Lamar is just that dynamic with his legs, much like Vic is. But we saw it last year with Buffalo. We've seen it it the past couple years when they get into the playoffs, when these teams find ways to slow down Lamar and force him to beat them with his arm – He struggles to do that, and until he can do that, it's just going to be hard for me to buy all in on him. Fantasy asset, top three, top five. Go ahead.
3: To speak to – I know Jerry put in there that they led the league in drops. They did not. According to the uh, statistical scoreboard, Dallas had the most drops by team. The Ravens were 23rd.
1: Okay, so there you go. See, and that's what I I hate about the Lamar discussion because as soon as I say I don't think – He's a good passer. It's, I'm bashing Lamar. I'm not bashing Lamar. If you go look at the statistics, it shows that he's just not as high end passer. I'm not trying to say that he's not a bad, he's horrible. I literally just said he's the best athlete on the field. He's a top five fantasy asset, top three fantasy quarterback. I'm not bashing Lamar. But it'd be the same thing if you were to ask me as a fan of the Browns. Going into last year, what Baker could improve on? He needed to be more consistent. He needed to be more accurate. I'm not bashing Baker Mayfield. I'm speaking truths. I'm speaking facts. Lamar has to be more consistent. He has to get better at passing the ball. It's not bashing Lamar. It's talking about the one weakness in his game. It's not a bad thing. Everybody has weaknesses. We can't all be Tom Brady out there. That, that's why Tom Brady's the goat, and that that hurts me to admit that. I guess so, Jerry. Yeah, I guess we're just we're just bashing everybody on this show. That's what we do. So.
3: Pittsburgh actually had more drops. They were second in the league in drops passes,
1: but, yeah, but that's I just, because I,
3: Deontay Johnson was the league leader. in drop Well, passes. yeah, Deontay
1: Deontay did Big Ben no favors last year, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm all in. I'm back in on Lamar this year. He's I think I have him four right now, so he's going to be a fantasy stud again this year. Expect Baltimore to be a very good team, uh, and I do think that the reason they drafted Rashad Bateman and Tyler Wallace is because of the Ravens' issues at wide receiver. And both of those guys, I think, feed into what Lamar is not good at, being an accurate passer. Guess what Rashad Bateman and Tyler Wallace are very good at? They have great catch radiuses. They can stretch their bodies. They've got strong hands. So if the ball is not in their chest or it's not leading them, they have no issues making and and moving their bodies back toward the ball or making great catches. It's why I think they brought in those two guys. I do think those two guys are going to help out. Lamar as well it's why I've continued to say you know in my opinion the Ravens and the Steelers who we're talking about today have two of the better front offices in the game with the way they handle drafts and I think that they drafted two of the great uh two of the better wide receivers in the draft this year for what Lamar struggles with. Dobbins and Edwards mostly split the, split the backfield duties last year, and both are back in 2021. What do we think the split will be, Matt? J.K. Dobbins came in as running back 24, 134 carries, 805 yards, and nine touchdowns, 18 receptions for 120 yards. Well, I guess Edwards came in as RB 37 with 144 carries, 723 yards, six touchdowns, nine receptions for 129 yards. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think they're still going to use them both. Um, but, I, you know, I think we'll see more of probably J.K. Dobbins this year. I think they are going to try to throw the ball a little bit more because they've invested in getting those receivers and other passing elements. And I still think Lamar's gonna going to run um, quite a bit. So I have a Dobbins solidly in as an RB2. Um, Edwards I have a little bit uh, lower. I have him in the 40s somewhere, I think. I think he's still going to contribute, but J.K. Dobbins is the much more talented back.
2: Yeah, yeah I think we see um, with Dobbins, it it comes down to can he get the volume? I have him at running back 17 right now, and the big concern is how much volume is Lamar going to take uh, and how much volume are they going to give to Edwards? I have Edwards at RB 46, so – mid-range RB two and a low end RB four. Edwards is gonna get some play. He's been effective when he plays. Yeah. So he'll get some run. And they do run the ball more than any team in the NFL. But Dobbins is gonna need to get like two hundred and seventy five carries, I think, if he if he's gonna take that next step because they don't pass the ball that much. So even if he even if he's Second or third, if, if he ends up third behind let's say Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews in targets, Dobbins is likely only to get what 60, 65 targets. Maybe it just, it just drops off so so steeply. Um I love Dobbins. Uh you know, I'm an Ohio State guy. Love Dobbins. Um, but I'm not sure that I trust. He's going to get that 270 carries. Uh, I, I think that I'm still going to try to acquire him. I think Lam, Lamar is, he's improving in the passing game. I have him a QB4. So when he, I, I think what we didn't see last year was a big step. We all, I think we all wanted a big step in the passing game. And I think what the Ravens told us is, we gave you some stuff, but we didn't get. We don't feel like we gave you enough. And one of the things, you know, they had injuries; they lost Ronnie Stanley. Um, that their offensive line struggled a little bit. Well, they invested in the line. They invested in the receivers, and now they're in a situation where, hopefully, with a little more time, Lamar increases that uh, efficiency like he had. Uh, in his first year, second year, uh, when he what he had one year where he completed like what
1: seventy six percent of his passes. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was that was the second year because that was the game everyone went crazy when uh, I think it was Brown and like the first game he went like for over a hundred yards. Right. I mean, it was almost all after the catch. But yeah, he he like he did have one like beautiful throw in there where like he he's whipped it in between two defenders to may have been. Weekend, I think in the in the red zone or something like that. But yeah, that that was the year because that was the year they went on the run. Everybody thought they were going to win the playoffs, and they got beat by Dover. I think Tennessee was it Tennessee.
3: Yep, at home, Tannehill.
2: You know, I think if if you believe Dobbins is going to get the volume, then I think you move him up your ranks. Uh, I think right now, like I said, I have him at seventeen. You know, he's in the area with like. Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, in, in the area with those guys, who all have questions about their value.
1: Yeah, so I have Dobbins right now as RB sixteen and I've got Edwards at thirty-four. So I expect Dobbins to be a running back too. Edwards, I just I think he's gonna get the touchdowns. I like to use him last year in the red zone. I don't think he's going away. Well. I mean he out carried Dobbins. He was a starter last year. I imagine Dobbins is probably gonna be the starter or get more carries. But I I don't ever see it going to like a 70-30 split between the two of them. They don't bring Edwards back if they don't like him. I think that they like to use both those guys with Lamar Jackson because it does make that team have a very dynamic rushing attack. You've got Lamar who, again, when he has the ball in his hands, is electric and extremely elusive. I mean, we talk about the hits – that he takes, but he also avoids a lot of hits as well, just because of how good he is at avoiding tackles, getting out of bounds. I don't think he, he doesn't really ever slide as much as I can, that I can remember, but he definitely gets out of bounds a lot. does a very good job of making players miss. And then you bring in guys like Dobbins, who's a little bit of a mixture of the two, right? He's very, he can be elusive, got speed, a little bit more than Edwards. Edwards kind of comes in as like that power back. So I think altogether, those three make for a very dynamic rushing attack. Dobbins, I do think, will get a little bit more passing work than Edwards this year. He was he was good at it at Ohio State. I think a little bit of an underrated part of his game, though he should have caught that ball against Clemson. We'd probably be talking about, I don't know if they beat LSU, but it been at least back-to-back uh, national championship games uh, at least. But, uh, yeah, Dobbins, I think he'll take a little bit of a step forward. I do expect him to be a RB2 this year. The wide receivers, so Brown saw 100 targets in 2020 but only had 58 receptions. Watkins and Bateman are there now. What do we expect from these receivers? Dennison who finishes higher? Marquise Hollywood. Brown did finish his wide receiver 36 with 58 receptions, 769 yards, and eight touchdowns.
2: Do I, which receiver do I think is going to finish with the most? Or? Yeah. Uh, yeah Hollywood receiver? Brown. Okay. Uh, you know – I think he's going to be behind Andrews in catches. Probably, he'll surpass Andrews uh, in yardage, pretty comfortably. Um, but I, I don't know, fifty-eight receptions. What I say? I called him for one hundred twenty-five targets earlier this year, or earlier this show. Um, actually, I think I think Brown's going to lead him in receptions as well. I think Andrews stays doing what he's doing. So 60, 70, 60, 65 receptions, 750 yards, 7, 8, 9 touchdowns. I think Andrews stays there. Brown, I, I think he's progressing. He's going, He's at that point where it's put up or shut up. It's breakout time. He knows what the offense is. Adding another receiver that maybe can take some of the pressure off him from the defensive backs. Uh, let's let's call brown for i don't know 70 71 reception 72 i think he pushes for a thousand yards i think he breaks the thousand yard barrier uh will that be lamar's first thousand yard receiver yes it would be yeah now, it might be a thousand and one but i i think i think hollywood uh, yeah he, he's a dynamic player with the ball in his hand so yeah i i, I don't know that he's gonna finish, where did he finish last year? Uh, 38, 30, 36, 36, 36. You know, so I think he can push up there to the 24, 25, you know, borderline wide receiver too. Um, but it's going to come with efficiency, meaning he's going to have to break some long plays, uh, have a couple busted coverages to get him some yardage where he can run out there and catch that ball from Lamar. So I like, uh, I, I like um, Hollywood Brown to to ha- to keep improving.
3: I feel like if anything, we learned last year that Marquise Brown is not a number one wide receiver. Um, yeah. I think he's you know maybe a second or third option. I think he's a good deep threat. I think that's why they went and got a veteran Sammy Watkins. I think that's why they drafted Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace. I think they're going to use all of them. The Ravens may have only been 23rd and drops with 16, but nine of those were from Marquise Brown, who yeah. did struggle um, catching the ball at times. I think, I don't think any of them is going to be great. Um, you know, you're talking about, you think they can get to 125 targets for Brown. I don't know that I see it. He had 100, and the next closest receiver had 48, and then they had a couple guys with 20. I think it's going to be a much more even splits. I don't think we're going to see them have Lamar Jackson throw it 600 times. He threw 376 last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to 450, 460. I don't even think he's going to go to 500. I don't think they want to be a high-volume passing offense because they run the ball so well and because they play defense so well. Personally, I think Bateman ends up leading them in receptions.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if Bateman leads them in receptions. I I do think he's going to end up being in the slot. I think he's going to be very good. But if I had to pick who's going to finish higher, I do think it's going to be Brown. And I do think it's going to be Brown because I think Bateman and Andrews, I've said this before, I think both those guys are going to be working somewhat in the same area. But I think having another guy like Bateman and Andrews right there. Eddie to Watkins is going to help open up things for Brown. I, I mean, just to use a college scheme scheme and offense here for you, when a quarterback can run and and cause that kind of issue, if they do play action fakes or anything, when you got a guy like Marquise Hollywood Brown running down the field, all you need is Lamar Jackson to hit him sometimes, especially if those defense start to creep up. If Lamar looks like he's going to take off and run with it. Again, that comes down to, one, yes, Marquise Hollywood Brown catching the ball, which, Matt, you just mentioned he struggled with a little bit last year, and two, Lamar putting it on him accurately. There were times that Lamar did not do that, but I think because of just the overall playmaking ability that he has once the ball is in his hands, the way that they drafted this year, I do think Bateman's going to be very good. I still think Wallace is going to be very good. I think he fits that team in a very real way that I think both of those guys could help clear – Things for Brown a little bit more maybe not have to be the guy. And then bringing in a veteran like Sammy Watkins, he still you know has some cachet. I'm not betting on him. I'm not drafting him. I, I don't think Watkins is going to be much of anything this year fantasy-wise. But I think bringing him onto this team helps – because he's still a viable deep threat, and I think that could open things up for this offense, especially if you've got two guys on the outside who can burn you deep in Brown and Watkins, and defenses have to worry about Lamar taking off if they all put, turn their backs to him. So, overall, I think it's going to be a very good offense. I'm leaning on Brown. You know, he he started to really come on at the end of last year, and if that kind of chemistry and that can continue, I'd actually have him as a wide receiver two right now. I have him as wide receiver twenty three. I think that he is going to have a really good year and kind of show us why they picked him where they did. I don't think he should have been a first-round wide receiver. I I don't think that he is a number one, like Matt said, but he definitely is a a very good wide receiver, and I think that he can show that this year. Last but not least, we've got Mark Andrews. He has been the rock at tight end for the past few years. Does that continue, Matt, and where does he finish? Last year – even dealing with all the uh, the issues, I know he missed at least a game. Uh, finishes tight end 6, 58 receptions, yard, seven hundred one yards, seven touchdowns. Just a weird year for him, you know. I do think that the one thing for me that really stood out for him was, you know, the fact that he does have type two diabetes and he still came out and played an entire season where at you know a high risk uh, with COVID and everything. So much props to him. He could have easily opted out. Nobody would have questioned him on that. But he is right up there for me. I think he's my tight end. Five, because uh, I do have Kyle Pitts ahead of him. Again, just because I don't want to sing that Team Up North's fight song, so i got to go all in on Kyle Pitts. But I'm all in on Mark Andrews. I think he's going to be really good this year. Matt, do you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I have him at tight end five as well. Um, I think he's going to be solid. He has good chemistry with with Jackson. Um, he's developed into one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the league. Yeah, I, he's my
2: tight end five, too. I actually have Hawkinson in front of him. Yeah, I do too. Um, just because I think that uh, Detroit's going to, you know, he, Hawkinson right now is the number one receiver on the Detroit Lions. so
3: He might you know. be the number one and two receiver <laughs> on the Lions the way it's going.
2: Right. And, and I, I do think Hollywood may be better than any of the receivers on the Lions. So, but I, I like Anders, you know, he's, he's going to, he, he he does what he does. He's a seam splitter. Uh, He's got great chemistry with Lamar Jackson. I think that the type of player that uh, Mark Andrews is matches up well with Lamar Jackson because it's similar to the type of quarterbacks in scheme that he played in college. And so he's an adequate blocker, but they have blocking tight ends. uh, But he gets down the field. uh, He's got decent speed, and he just – Makes play after play after play, so uh, I uh, until until he shows me he's not doing it anymore, I'm gonna keep Andrews up there. I, I had Andrews above Hurst when they were drafted. I thought it was ridiculous for them to have drafted Hurst over Andrews, but they did, and Andrews is the better receiving tight end. And checks in comfortably as my tight end four.
1: Alright, so that will do it for us today. Uh yeah, the real. We we talked a little bit about Ben. I do think he makes it he, he makes a little bit of a return uh this year. So that will do it though for the Steelers and the Ravens. Matt and myself will be back on Thursday to talk about the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals, plus possibly a little bit of Black Widow and then the low key season finale go ahead Dennis before we cut out of here so
2: hit your newsstands check out the pro forecast from football diehards i'm contributing to Diehards this year so i've got some articles in there pro, uh, pro forecast magazine on your newsstands now for a redraft
1: go check it out see what Dennis had to say in there we will be back again on thursday until then we will talk to you guys again soon prepare for glory i don't know if you
0: got your pop I came like out the wrong line already. And hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. it up above his head. They can't jump and lead. Golly. Oh, they tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I can. <laughs>